Hey, yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown. Here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run-of-the-mill. Tech talk, go G's. We're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question. Who the realest be? Unapologetic. If we said it, then we meant it. Foundation built on trust. Authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way. Only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky. Optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. Lime. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, me first, me first. Okay. <laughs> All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Dude, today we have a very, very special guest with us today. Very and special. Super special. We have the one and only... Kali Alexander. Kali Alexander. Kali Alexander. Sorry. <laughs> Kali, welcome to the show. I can't stop giggling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so surreal. It is absolutely surreal. Thank you so much, both of you, Rob and Corey, for having me. And it's a very special day to have you as well. It's not just that we have Kali on the show. But tell us why you're on the show, Colin. The reason why I'm on the show and the reason why I can't stop giggling is that this is my one-year anniversary in the ServiceNow space. And I am stoked to be here because I used to listen to you all all the time. And now I'm actually a guest on your show exactly a year later. How wild is that? Time out. Time out. Time out. Used to? <laughs> oh, Duke, we done fell off. <laughs> I'm like, because we've been trying real hard. Damn, we history, bro. <laughs> no, I, I am still true to the gospel of CJ and the Duke. Don't get me wrong. It was a slip of the tongue. Don't take it personally. My bad. <laughs> Good, because I didn't want to start recording the VH1. Where are they now yet? <laughs> Where are they now? <laughs> oh, we're off to a good start. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it. This is going to be good. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so I guess the main question, right, is what was that moment that you said ServiceNow is going to be the thing? The thing for you. you well, you know, things just kind of fell into place. 
my children were graduating from high school. My youngest was in the 12th grade. And I know when she was in the 11th grade that I wanted to career transition into like a profession to have like a real job, so to speak. I didn't know what it would be. I thought that it would be something in tech, but I didn't know exactly what that looked like, right? My sister was going through a ServiceNow implementation at her workplace and she is platform owner. And she was like, hey, we're going through this thing. It's called ServiceNow. It's two words, (laughs) write it down. And they're doing this free ServiceNow Administrative Fundamentals course where you can take the course for free, you can take the exam for free and sign up for all these classes on Now Learning. She says, knowing how your brain works, I think this will be the thing for you. Signed up on Now Learning, piddled around in there, and I loved it. I loved how everything fell into place in terms of being like an all-in-one platform, whether you're looking for improving employee services, customer services, customer experiences, technological advancements, operational services. I loved how it all fell into place. And so I was like, let's go. Let me dive in with both feet and let's make this thing happen. And from there, the moment I did, I immediately thought I was banging my head against the wall because I was like, what did I just do? I don't understand any of this. So from there, I just knew that I need to put myself on a plan. Fortunately, because I have enough experience being a mom and in other workspaces that I knew that if I just oriented myself in terms of committing to learning, committing to a solid regimen, that I'd be okay. And fortunately, it worked out. We often talk about now learning, right? And we say, hey, folks, start with now learning. Get in there and do the ServiceNow Foundations, intro to ServiceNow if you have never used the platform before, right? And from there, just use all the resources that are there. It is really great to hear you say, Kali, that now learning is where you got started, that that resource is a resource that really lives up to the billing, right, of get of jumpstarting someone's ServiceNow career. A hundred percent. I mean, now learning is truly a treasure trove. If I had discovered now learning before I'd gone to college, I would have saved myself a whole lot of student loan debt, right? (laughs) (laughs) You heard that right. (laughs) And now learning, those many of the courses are free. You can go in there right now and spend all day and have a micro certification in flow designer. You can go in there right now and have a micro certification in ATF. You can spend a couple weeks and get your certification in ServiceNow Administrative Fundamentals. It has everything you need to know in terms of that foundational skill level that you need to know to skill up and can create a really good foundation for you to get some practical knowledge to be able to move into your first ServiceNow role. Even the most expensive course, I think, is only $500. Now, I say only not to be dismissive. That can be quite a bit of money for some people, but it's not tens of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's not like it's not like college money. And I've, I've said more than once, too. In what other world can you pay thousands to get the certs and service now? Corey, remember before certs and then certs came out and then they started charging for certs and people lost their minds? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I had tens of thousands of dollars of school debt coming out of school. Like, it would have been way cooler to just get service now certs, right? I had some bachelor's of arts in underwater basket weaving. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't, served didn't, you well. It didn't equip me for the world. It didn't do anything commensurate to the price of the thing. 
And there's people laying down the down payment on a house so that they can get an MBA. And they still don't know what they're going to do after. And some people are putting down houses, not just a down payment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I'm glad the price isn't any more expensive. But if you look at it as a value statement, not a pure cost statement. Absolutely. And, and I think the point that I'm trying to make is that it's not cost prohibitive, right? You right. know, you can talk to a friend or a couple of friends and be like, hey, I'm, can I borrow $50 here and there and put together enough money to be able to get certified in something? And I think that that's a true value for people who are looking to career pivot. I'm a midlife career pivoter, so I, I might be a little different than the typical person coming into service now. But it was just so practical for me, and, and I love the opportunity and really took advantage of it. Kali, I'm really curious. Corey and I will get a lot of people who ask us straight, like, I want to get into service now. What do I do? Right? And then we drag out, well, you go to now learning, and then you get a PDI, and then you did it. But it doesn't sound like anybody did that for you. So, how'd you figure out what to do? Uh, yeah. So the first thing I did was I got on the Googler. <laughs> I call it mm-hmm. the Googler. I just typed in ServiceNow. And then I went to YouTube and I typed in ServiceNow just to see what was out there in the ecosystem. The third place I went was to LinkedIn and typed in hashtag ServiceNow to see what was already out there, to see like what real people were actually doing and talking about, and to also get a sense of the community, if there even was an active community around the ecosystem. And man, was there. That's how I found CJ and the Duke, just by typing it into to Google and then typing it into Spotify. I started watching the live streams. At that time, they were happening on Friday that the ServiceNow developer advocates were hosting. At that time, it was Lauren, Chuck, and Earl. Now mm-hmm. Pranav is on the team, and I would watch those every Friday. At first, I just watched. I didn't say anything. I observed for a long time, even on LinkedIn. I just observed for a long time. Just like, who are the personalities? Who are the folks here? Who are the content creators? Who are the thought leaders? And started following those pages. And that's how I discovered you and Corey. That's how I discovered Jace, Chuck Tomasi, and all the Tim Woodruff, mm. uh, all MGPLW. I hope I've got, got those letters correct. That's how I found all the players. And then I just started kind of watching, like, what do they do? I found out there was a Slack channel. Oh, let me get an invitation to that. And I just observed. That was it. So that happened in June. And it wasn't until July that I actually got that Now Learning account. My mom always said, when you walk in a room, read everything before you start asking for help. So I applied that here, like, just observed started watching it. Then I said, okay, let me go ahead and start creating an account. Let me start going through some learning plans. And then once I did that, things just started to fall into place. And then I also was able to get a sense of where and how I could fit in to this community. I'm going to distill some of that for me, because the first thing that I like that that you said really boils down to intellectual curiosity. You approached ServiceNow with an intellectual curiosity about the platform, about the community, about what this is all about, right? Like just trying to discover and learn whether or not this is something that you should invest in discovering and learning. And I think through that, you not only discovered that, yes, this is a place where I can make a career pivot, but this is also a place where the community is awesome. And it's, this is like a good place to be. It feels like a nice vibe, right? And what I like about that is that I don't know that we've touched on that before, but being intellectually curious about this probably helped speed up your onboarding into the ServiceNow ecosystem. Yeah, I like to say that I follow the God of curiosity. That's my main thing. And I 
think that that has served me well here and just served me well in life, whether it's in parenting or in other roles that I've had, that having that curiosity kind of a, a bend will kind of keep me up at night in a good way, right? It'll help me be like, oh, so that's how a subflow works, right? And be excited about that. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And that's what separates like folks who get this stuff down and at the core of your being versus the folks who end up doing this as just a job. And look, it's okay to do this just as a job. But when you get it, when it resonates right deep down in your soul, you wake up in the middle of the night. You're like, damn, that's how stuff flows work. Yeah, <laughs> right. And be excited about it, you know, and then can't wait to get up that next morning at 3 a.m. to start it all over again. You know, so I, I think you're right. I think I that curiosity bend was something that instant continues to keep me really committed to this continues to make me want to talk to people like you and the Duke and various people in the ecosystem, you know, with my hundred days of service now podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I love that podcast, by the way. Thank you. When did you make the transition from just learning on your own to learning out loud in public? And what yeah. motivated it? Yeah. That's a really great question. And also, I'll, I'll tack another question onto it as well, is how was it that you were so good out the gate? Well, well yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> right there. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, learning out loud. I'm a school teacher by trade, right? I've taught trigonometry. I taught first grade, fourth grade. I've taught gifted students. And one of the things that I learned as being a teacher is that if I had my students teach their neighbor, their partner, their friend, they felt vested in that teaching process, right? They felt vested in their friend knowing the information. So that meant that they were going to study and they were going to learn it a little bit better because they wanted their friend to know it, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to use that same strategy when it comes to service now. Even as a yoga teacher, it's the same thing. You know, I would always partner my class up as in when I was teaching yoga. Okay, we're going to learn this arm balance. You two get together, you two get together, you two get together. And the way that that starts to build community and the way that the learning just escalates so quickly, I wanted to apply that to service now, but I wanted to do it in a virtual space. One of the things that I learned over this kind of pandemic season was how to use a camera. I'm like, okay, I got a camera. I know how to use a camera. I see that the ServiceNow community, they already are doing live streams on Friday. So the community is primed for more live stream content. Fortunately, I had the skill set to do it. So I didn't have to get over that technological hump. I just needed to be sure that I was communicating in a way and knew the material enough and be brave enough just to turn that camera on and let's start the stream. I did it that way because nobody else was doing it and I had to get ahead of the pack. Bill McDermott said, we're going to skill up a million people by the end of 2024. Well, doggone it, I better get at the head of this one million people, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I love that, right? Like a couple things in there, especially towards the end, right? Like it's, you know, nobody else was doing it. So I did it. I love that. The awareness of the market and where it's going. And it's like, look, you know, nobody's going to do this for me. And and uh, people are coming. Like there are other folks coming and they're, you know, I like to look at it like they're coming for my lunch. Right. And so, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I got to eat. So the first thing I got to do is I got to go. I got to run faster. I got to train harder got to do all that stuff because people are coming, right? That's the thing that motivates me all the time, right? Is that people are coming. Yeah. If I can yeah. add to that, at that time, mind you, I'm still a, a single mom of three children, two teenagers, one young 20-year-old son, and I was losing my job at the same time. 
And I had three months of pay that I had. And I was like, I have to make this thing pop in three months. Like I have to hurry this thing along. Now, Mm -hmm. when I started in service now, I hadn't lost my job yet. It wasn't until like about September. So I knew I needed to, but I got that call that, okay, three months, that's it. I was like, okay, I have to get a job by December and I have to do this quickly. So I felt like, okay, well, I have a few months in the bank. I'm already studying. I'm already skilling up. Let me make this a little bit faster. Let me put some velocity into this. Let me put my foot on the pedal. And that was really the motivation that, I needed to do this because I was losing the job, but really the most important thing was I wanted to model this for my children. I wanted them to see like, wow, my mom turned this thing around for us. Oh, that's love. Yeah. Right there. It's funny. I'm going through my LinkedIn messages and it's like, yep, November 30th is when you first reached out, (laughs) you know, start asking for tips to accelerate it. So if I can abstract that to another step in the process, you set a goal, right? You know, you started off, you had this intellectual curiosity, you did the things nobody else was doing, and then you set a goal and then you went to attain it, right? Like you worked hard, you but you set what your definition of success was at that point. And so that gave you something as a target to work towards so that you wouldn't wake up one day and think, ah, maybe I don't want to do it today. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Every day you woke up, you had that goal that you were working to. So my guess is that kept you pushing, right? That absolutely kept me pushing. And I love my children so much. And I know how important it is for certain behaviors to be modeled. I remember the first time I saw my father speak publicly. It was at a dear neighbor's funeral. And at the end of the obituary and all that stuff, they said, would anybody like to come up and speak? Now, I was a small child. My mother is extremely claustrophobic, extremely shy, agoraphobic, and when they asked if someone would speak, my father jumped up and ran to the microphone. And I was like, whoa, what the heck is happening right now? And I saw my father speak about my neighbor, Mr. Hunter, with such eloquence and be received so well. I was like, I want to be that. That's in me. If, If it's in my dad, that's in me too. And so I said to myself, I want my daughter, my two sons to say, wait a minute, I can make something happen for myself too, because my mom did it. So if it's in her, it's also in me. So when I'm long gone from here, my children will still have their lives to live. And I want them to be like, oh yeah, my mom left this in me. This is the gift she left me. I love that, right? Like so many times we all think about the thing that we're doing, we're doing it for ourselves, but so often a bigger motivator is when we're doing things for others. And not that this compares to doing something for your kids, but when I think about all the stuff that I do in the community, right? Like it's all to give back. And even when I really don't feel like it, you know, like it's like, all right, well, we got to record the pod. Here we go. Right. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because there are people out there who, who this helps. And so that's a driving force. So I love that. I like the point you're making because I like to think that the work that I do contributes to the community as well. And it is the exact same thing, whether I'm modeling this for my children or I'm modeling this for the next group of folks who are coming into the ServiceNow ecosystem. There is this other thing that's within me is like always doing something for the next person. Like that's something that I've never been able to shake, even during the times of my life where I wanted to shake it. It's just like I'm always volunteering to do something 
when they say, hey, can someone come up and do such and such? Or does anyone have extra time? To do? I'm always that person, right? And for years, I used to not like that part about me because I felt like it was taken away from other things that I could be doing. But as I became older, I realized that, wait a minute, that is part of my superpower that I like to give back. Yes. It's even more precise than that because your persona is like a center of gravity in the ServiceNow community. Like your interviews that you do, like, does anybody tell you no <laughs> when you invite them? Because <laughs> I'll be straight. I was trying to get the same kind of oomph, that same vital essence when I was doing Titans of ServiceNow. And I got told no all the time. All the time, <laughs> like way more no's than yeses, <laughs> especially from this guy here. <laughs> so, I, so I have to admit, Duke, I have to admit, I have told you no a lot, right? I, I've never told, never told Kali no. Yeah, yes to everything unless it's the Duke asking. <laughs> but you see what I mean? I think that's part of your superpower, if you, if you don't mind me saying so, Kali, is that there is a magnetism to the personality where people want to talk to you about ServiceNow stuff. Well, I think that that's kind of you, Rob. And yes, people do tell me no. <laughs> but part of what I do is I try to call those people forward that I interview. So in a way, it's sort of like a, an attraction marketing type of thing, right? So I put it out there. You and I, Rob, done some ServiceNow kickbacks in the, in the 100 Days of ServiceNow podcast. And I pay attention to who shows up in that stream, who's leaving comments, who's sending me connection requests, what's taking place in the DM, what kind of conversations can I have with those folks? And that way the invitation becomes pretty natural, right? The people who say no are usually people that I really don't have a relationship with. And that taught me a ton too, right? Yes, right? If you want to get someone on your podcast and they say no, you need to create that relationship so they feel comfortable, right? A hundred percent. You know, Duke, I don't know that we've been told no to any guests that we've asked on this podcast when I think about it. We have a few that have still pushed us off, right? Like we haven't been able to record with them yet, but I think sometimes mm -hmm. that's partially on us as well as them. But I don't yeah. think we've been told no, right? I mean, everybody wants to be on CJ and Duke, right? We're the bomb. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Word up. <laughs> Glad someone else is saying it, not me. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Like ego is not one of those things that I don't have, right? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute, right? Be humble. Psh, nah. <laughs> so, Kali, what was the first CJ and the Duke episode that you listened to where you're like, yeah, I can listen to more of this? Ooh. ooh oh, that is a good, a good question. As I go over to my Spotify app, what is the first episode? What is an architect anyway? Yeah, what is an architect? Yeah. I know I listened to that one. You know, I can tell you this. Those first few episodes that I listened to, I had no idea what the heck y'all were talking about. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. And what I noticed is that over time, and this was such an interesting synergy, over time, it seemed like you started creating episodes just for me. Right. It, I felt like I was that, that that person in church where you feel like all of a sudden the preacher's preaching just to you because it seemed like the information started to shift toward beginners and people entering the ServiceNow ecosystem. Before, it seemed a little bit more in-depth for folks who were already in the trenches. And I didn't know what you guys were talking about, which is why I would listen to the episodes again and again and again. But some of the early episodes that I thought were really cool is that is one where you had 
you were talking about cohorts and boot camps and how to navigate through those. So those were the ones that started to catch my attention. Then you started to go through the different roles and things like that. There's a time where Duke, and we've had these conversations, you can say, oh yeah, we talked about that in, in CJ and the Duke, and you'll start saying something. I said, no, it kind of went like this because I would listen to those episodes over and over again. Like they never got old to me. And then the each time I would listen to them, I would glean a little bit more information and feel a little bit more equipped to talk about the platform. It's so funny that you say that because that was an intentional shift and it worked. I was just sitting here thinking as you're, as you're talking that we started to see that there were a lot of folks looking to enter the ecosystem, right? And we we're like, well, we need to make some content for these folks so that they know that, you know, there's somebody out here for them, that they're not out here alone, that there's a lifeline. If they reach out, the community's got their back. And so we started trying to create some content to push that message out there. And it landed, right? Like, you caught it. (laughs) It's just so great. Like, that just feels really good. It feels really good to hear because, like, it wasn't an accidental pivot. It was an intentional message shift for a little while. She reached folks who were new to the industry, new to the ecosystem, who had, you know, some experiences and some parts of the ecosystem that might have been not so good, right? And trying to paint a better picture for them. The tides really caught us on that one though, right? Because it was the dawn of the boot camps. And in a week, you'd get 100, 200 more follows, invites, people asking questions. Well, what should I do in the ServiceNow ecosystem after I get my CSA or whatever? They didn't even know what jobs were available. Or, right. You know, they didn't know how to answer when you're saying, well, what do you want to actually do in the space? They didn't have the option. So it was kind of like a good time for us because we never had to ask, what are we going to talk about today? It was just like, which of these... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which title are we doing today? Right. Yeah. You know, Duke, it, it, one of the things that strikes me, and you say this a lot, but I'm going to say it this time, when a lot of these folks came into the ecosystem, they want to pick ITOM, right? Like IT operations management, yes. because they didn't know that ITOM in the ServiceNow parlance is in-depth IT infrastructure and not managing people or managing operations. That and, used to be huge. It kind of died down a little bit, but there was a time, yeah, where it was like every non-technical person I was meeting was like, oh, I want to go into ITOM. Wow, are you sure? Yeah, I mean, there's some parts of ITOM that I'm probably only marginally technical enough to know. (laughs) But see, this is where the podcast really becomes a value to us new folks. Because when you go through now learning, you don't understand the technical depth that ITOM requires, right? But when you listen to the podcast, you're able to get a different practical perspective. And, you know, as I'm looking through my Spotify and the episodes that I listen to, I remember April 2022, what to build to up your skill on ServiceNow. That was the episode right after you interviewed Dante Hooker. And you had me hooked on that one. April 2022, that episode had me hooked. I was listening to that over and over again, right? But then there were some earlier ones too, but you even have the learning service now with now learning. That one kind of gave a little bit more understanding about how I should approach now learning. There were so many episodes in there that just really help folks to navigate the service now space. Even the one where you talked about like how do you what to do with your first knowledge. Now at that time when you did that episode, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure when I'm gonna go to my first knowledge, but I'm here for the long haul. Let me just listen to it. And crazy enough, I was able to go to knowledge. So how was that? How was that going to your first knowledge? Like, talk about that oh, experience man. because I know I remember my first knowledge. And <laughs> it was it was wild. <laughs> Were you at eleven, Corey? Was that your first? 
I was at what, 13. Was it 13? Oh, 13. Okay. That was my first one at the Aria. Oh, okay. I love telling people that my first knowledge was in a tent. <laughs> in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big top say, tent, but like... it was a tent. Like, there's literally poles. poles how, many people, how many people were there? Three. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. That's like knowledge nine or uh, but Knowledge 11, it was just like a pavilion tent. Like, it was a big, huge tent. But, okay, the expo hall, shoot, I know you guys asked Holly this, and here I am talking, but but the expo hall was probably no bigger than an elementary school gymnasium. Prob- probably a bit smaller. Well, show sure ain't that way now. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it was like one circuit. <laughs> it was like one circuit of booths. So there was like the outer circle of booths and the inner circle of booths. And you walked around once and you've seen everything in the expo hall. And then maybe you go up to the bar to get yourself a glass of wine. <laughs> I, just, I, I remember it's like I may have got my wife in without paying, and my wife got all dressed up and like walked into the expo hall. And it was basically like the entire expo hall just turned and looked at her. <laughs> Why is she dressed up so fancy? But it's just like that's the size of it. Was that someone could stop the whole thing by walking that's, into the room? Wow, that's crazy. And I was like, oh, man, maybe someday I'll learn enough and maybe I can have a speaking session, too. And then Knowledge 12, I had two of them. Nice. And I still haven't spoken in Knowledge. What? I'm induction. We think I'll fix that. Ducking and dodging it. <laughs> now, that's wild. That is, that's wild that you've never spoken in Knowledge because at this year's Knowledge, your picture is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, how cool is that? <laughs> but Kali, back to you. Why? Tell us about your first knowledge and how you felt showing up there. Man, right? like, it, oh man, it was electrifying. It was truly electrifying. I walked in the hotel and it was just like action from the moment I'd stepped my pinky toe in there. It was like everything was popping. People were everywhere. Going to see Bill McDermott in his keynote address and all those people there, all of those drones there, the cameras, the lights. What was really crazy for me is that Bill McDermott is speaking and I'm thinking that I'm getting there early by getting there like 15 minutes early. Oh no. By the time I got there was standing room only. So anyway, I'm standing in the back and I'm listening and I'm taking notes. It's dark. And all of a sudden someone like a few feet from me says, Oh my God, Kali Alexander. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was just crazy. I'm like, you know me? This is wild. How do you know me? They're like, come on, everybody knows 100 days of service now. And I'm like, wow, this thing is working. It's really working. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. I love it. Shout out, Felipe. I love that for you, right? Because that's like your first knowledge and you're like, I don't know what this thing is about. I don't know what's going on here. I'm just, you know, Bill McDermott speaking. I'm going to go to the speaking hall with everybody else, right? And I'm just going to, and then people are like, Colin, Colin, oh my God. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. In case you're listening to this, Bill, I'm not at all suggesting that they was shouting my name over yours. We was in the back, but neither here nor there. It was a huge moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so awesome. That's freaking amazing let me rewind this back so today's your one year anniversary being in this ecosystem right a hundred percent it's my one year anniversary okay so this is your one year anniversary knowledge is four months ago two three months ago three months ago 
So before you had been in this ecosystem for a full year, you're showing up at Knowledge and people are calling out your name. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still processing this. But the thing that I'm even processing more is that I was able to speak at Knowledge with one of my mentors, Rob. And this is the person that I'm listening to every day in my ear on the podcast. So a lot of this stuff has really been surreal. You know, I felt like I had had like a lot of hard years in my life, but 2023, man, this is my year. (laughs) I know the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) What a knowledge to be the first knowledge though, too. It was the greatest knowledge I've ever been to, but to have that one be your first, it's just like, oh yeah, let's learn to drive in the Ferrari. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I agree. I, I I do think it was the greatest knowledge I've ever been to, and yeah. So so for ha- to have this one, Kali, be the first one that you showed up to, and have all of this stuff happen, that's so cool. But I know you're always like, oh, CJ and the Duke, you guys, I've been. But listen, right? Like nine months into your tenure in service now. And folks are screaming your name and knowledge like folks, it's possible if you don't take anything else from this episode, know that it is possible. And we are sitting here speaking to someone who has done it. So you could do it, too. People say, oh, well, you're lucky and that kind of thing. And I tell people I am the unluckiest person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But the fortunate thing is, is that I don't have to rely on luck because I have my brain. I have a sense of tenacity. I know that I'm going to get things done. I know that I can go into now learning. I know that I can carve time aside to skill up. And I know that I can make myself and push myself out there. So when I can get fear out the way and I don't have to rely on luck, that actually positions me to really take advantage and make my way within the ecosystem. So definitely, if I can do it, I really, if you put your back into it, as Ice Cube says, (laughs) definitely it can be done. Talk that talk. That's what I'm talking about. That's outsider looking in, though. You have such an intense bias for action. And I like like the way you phrased that, Duke. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen and I had a call just before this. We were talking about bias for action. (laughs) Kind of fresh in mind. But I don't want to take anything away from the people who ask, right? Because they don't know. But just think for a bit on how Kali did it. It's not like in nine months, she just, she, she looked out on the one person who gave her the formula to get there in nine months. Because if that was written down somewhere, everybody would have it by now. And everybody would be getting to Kali's level at nine months. But not a lot of people are. Why is that? Because Kali did it differently. Right. The bias for action. Like even I wouldn't be like out here rolling out super high production content so that I can experiment on something that I've just learned, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there was, there was Kali out like every single night doing it live. No editing. Come on now. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I just learned how to do a UI policy. That means y'all are going to learn how to learn how to make a UI policy. And I think a lot of people might be fearful. Like it could be humiliating to go live in front of an audience, teach something that you just learned and be wrong. But that didn't seem to cross your mind, or at least it didn't seem to for us. Well, yeah, not so much. I think a lot of times we spend, the general we, the editorial, we spend a lot of time asking for permission. Like, okay, 
Yes. I'm not going to do this because I don't see anybody else doing this. And if I saw Tim Woodruff and this person do it and all these other people, then maybe it'd be okay for me to do it. But since they're not doing it, I shouldn't do it. And I think a lot of times that we cut ourselves off because we're sitting around waiting for permission. When if yeah. we just go ahead and just take the bull by the horns, yep. we will find greater outcomes. And that's what I, I wanted to do. Earlier, I said, I wanted to get in front of the pack, right? You're talking about Bill, talking about a million people in this ecosystem. Well, doggone it, I got 999,999 <laughs> the- <laughs> people to get in front of, you know? <laughs> and, and I right? had to find a way to do it, right? And I think, and here's the thing, I have found a way, and this is something that I really impressed upon my children. And then I said, oh, I have to prove this, that I mean this. I've used to teach my children, like, don't let a no stop you. Let a no mean either not now or let me find my own way. And I used to tell this to them all the time. So now that I didn't get into any type of cohorts or boot camps or anything like that. So I'm like, okay, let me use that no as a motivation for me to get myself out there. And it really worked for me. And I'm grateful that it did because it proved to me that I can use a negative situation and flip it on its head to make it a positive one to move me forward. And that's the thing that I want to impress upon people is that you can take a negative situation, no matter what your circumstances are, and you can flip that thing around and change your situation. Don't let them know, like stop you and don't ask for permission, right? Like these are things that I've internalized in my life. I was I was gonna say career, but it's not even my not even my career. It's my life, right? Like don't let a no stop you and don't ask for permission. And just because something someone else isn't doing something doesn't mean that you can't do it. Right. And just because they think it's hard doesn't mean that it's impossible. Right. Yeah. You know, th- there are all of these things that can be done if you actually have that bias for action. Right. And if you put it to, put your mind to it and go out there and do it. And not afraid to fail. Right. Because to me, fra- failure is just a bump on the road to success. And so you but you got to start. You got to start. Your own path can be profound. Why would you want to learn how I learned? I only had ITSM. <laughs> and yeah. even before ServiceNow, my whole life was ITSM. And it was just but some of the most exciting stuff in the space at hackathons, the old innovation of the years, the stories we tell at knowledge is all stuff that's not ITSM. It's the, yeah, you know, it's platform. the crazy stuff. And it's just like every person has their own set of unique experiences and thoughts. And it's like build around that. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Not only do you not need permission, but even if I told you how I did it, forge your own path. And I think it's like it's another thing I saw Kali doing early on our conversations around, you know, the the retreat planning app. Yeah. We sat down so long, just tried to figure it out together. It was like super huge and complex. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do this, but darn, there's all kinds of cool stuff you can try. Yeah. And I remember this presentation I did at Knowledge about how innovation happens. It's like, if you read the story about how mountain bikes were invented, it wasn't like bike companies said, hey, I got an idea. It was just people who were taking like stupid 10 speed vagabonds and trying to go down mountainsides with them. Like go really fast. (laughs) on these these tiny thin wheeled like road bikes right and you know very quickly find out those wheels won't cut it so now it's like i'm a welder i'll make some big ass wheels i'll put my on this bike the mountain bike was developed by a bunch of people who were just like oh we'll just do it our way we'll figure it out i don't know 
why I was so passionate about saying that one, but it's just like, (laughs) there is a sense of like, do it your own way. And then you could be the person bringing the mountain bike to the community because you built some app that thinks about work differently. Here's what else it does is that when you do it your own way and you share that back with the community, like what Kali's doing, when you share that back with the community, now there's one more way out there. There's one more blueprint, Mm -hmm. one more guidebook, one more guidepost where other folks can look and say, I can do it that way. And maybe that, you know, because some folks want, want, you know, and they're always going to want the the blueprint. Just tell me how to get from A to Z and I'll do, I'll be the best person getting from A to Z that you can find. Just tell me how to do it, right? There's always going to be those folks out there. And not everyone learns the same. Not everyone has the same kind of personality or characteristics. And so having multiple role models out there of success that folks can pull off the shelf and say, well, maybe this one works for me or this one works for me. And I think right now, right, this podcast, right, this episode is giving folks another one of those roadmaps. I sure hope it does. You know, when I was a small child, we used to spend our summers in Pine Bluff, Arkansas with my great grandmother, God rest her soul. And you know what the height of technology was for her? The height of technology for her was being the first person in her town to have indoor plumbing. That was the height of technology. And when I think about her. And I think about my ancestors on one side and my children on the other. And I think, wow, this was the height of technology for her. And then my children and what I want to model for them, I feel so empowered. And and in that way, I don't let fear stop me. And I know that a lot of people talk about, well, what about if you're afraid? What about if you're shy? And it's not to say that I don't have any of those characteristics. I don't think about those things. They're really a non-factor for me. It's not to say that I don't become afraid and that kind of thing, but I'm not going to let them stop me. And I think that something else that I know that comes up, people are like, well, what if someone, everyone in the ecosystem is so nice? Let me tell you, I've gotten some DMs that were just scathing. (laughs) You know, I have gotten some scathing DMs on LinkedIn about the work that I'm doing and I should have done the UI policy differently and that kind of thing. And I remember the first one that I got, the first really bad one, like multi-paragraph one that I got, (laughs) I was like, okay, that hurt. It's now over. Let me carry on, right? Right. (laughs) When we think or we expect people to be really nice or the community to be really welcoming and for the, the vast majority of the community is. But you know those Every once in a while, there will be that one that pops out and that will be the one that will hurt you the most. But then when you realize, oh, this is just par for the course, let me keep going, right? And I created the 100 Days of Service Now, and I think that probably happened in maybe episode five or something. And I'm like, dang, I still have 95 episodes to go and this is what I had to look forward to. And for a split second, I actually thought about, well, maybe... I'm not built for this. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Ancestors on one side, children on the other. (laughs) Let me keep going. And my intention was, okay, now that I've gotten like the base level of knowledge, I've gotten a few micro certs, I got my certified systems administrator credential. Okay, I know if I do this thing every day for 100 days, I should be able to get a job. I should be able to land my first role because remember I had that three months of income and I said, okay, let me just keep doing it. And my intention was to do it every day. But by episode seven, I think it was, I got my first job offer from Mike Lombardo at Glidefast. And I was like, oh my God, it's working. I've gotten in front of the partner that I wanted to get in front of. And 
after that, I said, okay, I only need one job. So what I'm going to do now? So I started to shift my content. So I was like, okay, well, if I can use this content for myself to land a job, maybe I can do something else to help other folks get a job and started doing these live stream coaching where I would take people who were new to the ecosystem and match them up with people who are vets in the ecosystem. And maybe there could be some type of rapport that's created and maybe they could showcase themselves in a way that they can also land a job. And so I continue to shift the conversations and now it's become even different still. And I'm excited to see because I'm just on episode 43 now, not even episode 50. I'm no longer doing them each day. You know, I've gotten a job, things have gotten busy. And so now I'm just, you know, going with the flow and seeing what comes next. And I'm excited for it. That's amazing. Do you have a website that links out to each of the days? No, not yet, but you can find all of the episodes on LinkedIn and eventually they will live on collyrightnow.com. Okay. We're going to have links in the descriptions to both of that. You just, you you basically search the hundred days of service now hashtag or. Absolutely. And LinkedIn, you can search the hundred days of service now hashtag and, you know, keep in mind collyrightnow.com. Perhaps by the time this episode comes out, maybe that will be a thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll put both links in the description just just in case. And then, yeah, so wow, we recorded a lot today. <laughs> yeah, we're at fifty minutes of record. So yeah, this is crazy. Uh, but to wrap it up, Kali, you've been in the ecosystem for a year now, right? What are you looking for your next year? <laughs> I mean, you've had a very eventful year, right? Like, so how do you plan to top it? I don't. I have some personal goals and I'm not sure if I'm ready to reveal them just yet, but I have some exciting things that are to come. I'm always thinking about the next thing. I absolutely want to take the podcast even further. I want to have more conversations. And professionally, you know, I moved into the sales side of things at GlideFast and I'm really excited about that. So I'm looking forward to doing some unique things in that space and really delivering customers the best implementation possible in the capacity and the role that I'm in now. That's awesome. Well, I won't, I won't ask you to share your goals, but I do look forward to seeing you hit them. (laughs) We'll place my bets though, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Kali, thanks so much for joining us. It was really quite a pleasure, quite, quite an honor to have you on the show. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you much. Thank you so Thanks. much for having me. It's, it's, it's a dream come true. Enjoy optimize your workflow. That service now. This ain't your typical run-of-the-mill tech talk OGs. We're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question. Who the realest be? Unapologetic. If we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust. Authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way. Only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what's success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah. CJ and the Duke. What's that? Huh? Service now. Come on. Yeah. I said welcome to the winner's circle. Yeah, yeah.